You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. What kind of thinking do we have that's wrong and we haven't even, haven't even thought about? You know, that's what, we're, that's what we're working with. Things Jesus never said. Uh, things that kind of got into our heads and we're not letting them go. Or we want to let them go. Like if, if we ever look, like I finally said, is this what this song is about? Like I said it out loud, you know, kind of actually looked at it, like, wait a second. There are punctuation marks in that song. And like, you got to think about it though. You got to like pay attention to it. If you're, if you're just doing like the thing and just subconsciously just saying stuff, you know, and we could do that in worship pretty easily. It could, it could be a real problem. And that's what we want to work with. We want to look at the stuff that's, that, that's in our assumptions. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying look at the stuff because I've got this metaphor that I'm kind of working with um, where, like, our house is, on, is like 1234 My Brain Street, and outside of that house, there is a crack in the pavement, okay? Tiny little crack full of dirt, you know, maybe some leaves get stuck in there, definitely some gum or something, you know, just like a crack in the pavement. You skip right over that crack every single day when you leave your house. You don't even think about it. Don't think about what's in it. And what it turns out to be is that crack in front of 1234, your brain street, is actually a canyon. But you're just, you're just really good at jumping and flying like Matrix style all the way over it. You, you, you jump right over your assumptions every morning, every day. You just, you just, they're just part of the landscape and you don't even see them, but you're actually doing something amazing. You're making these incredible leaps uh, in your mind to get to the stuff that you do. And if you actually look at it and get down into that crack in the pavement, uh, there's stuff going on that we want to look at. There, and, and that's actually the, that crack is kind of where Jesus gets at us, where these cobwebs kind of um, need to be cleared out of. It's not necessarily like right in front of my face. It's the stuff that, that's going on way down there. And so to help you with this image, I, we got to ask, whatever happened to Rick Moranis? Whatever happened to this guy? Remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 1989? Yeah? Who was born after 1989? All right. About half the room. You can raise your hand, too. Yes. You didn't hear my question, but I know the answer. That's fine. Okay. But so just one year after, is this movie still a major part of your childhood? Okay, okay, exactly. So I, uh, conf- confirmation, confirmation. Rick Moranis matters. Okay, he matters. But what happened to that guy? Where, where is he now? Anybody know? Isn't it terrible? Tell us, Bethany. His wife died. Nineteen ninety one. Right in his prime, 1987, Spaceballs. 1989, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. 1990, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids too. 1991, his wife dies. And he leaves acting completely. Not, not completely, but like goes super, super part-time, you know, does voice acting gigs, and he's dedicated his life to his children. And you know that, and actually Ben knew that too, just for the record, but he was being a good boy and didn't spoil my thing. Um... Uh, people know that because, like, that seems like a, a, an incredibly noble thing to do. You know, he gives up his big, big-time career for his little babies. You know, that, that's like something you're supposed to do. 
or something. No one, no one does that. It's easy to do it when you already made like these blockbuster movies. By the way, you know his net worth is ten million dollars, um, and he's just been you know living off some really good stuff that he did in the eighties that that was really important to me. Okay, blah 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 blah. Okay, so the Saint Saint Rick Moranis of Familyhood. Okay, he's he's kind of the saint of of the the maybe the the family religion that I think is 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 a is a, a nice alternative to the Jesus religion that we're trying to follow here at Circle of Hope. Um, not necessarily in total opposition, but not the same. Okay, I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but back to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, because we got to get back down into the crack in, 12, 30, in front of 1234, your brain street. In front of 1234, your brain street, for y'all that missed it, there's a crack, and it's actually a canyon of all of your assumptions. Okay? And we need to, we, if, we, if we get down and... Maybe. It's going to get big. It's going to swallow us up, and there'll be all kinds of places to run around and, and, and work on down there and, and giant ants to run from because it's terrifying down there. That's why we don't like to go there. Our assumptions are nice because they're just cracks. They give us a sense of power. That blindness is very appealing. You know? These webs, you know, they can block me from stuff that I want. I'm going to tear this down some more. I'll fix it for you later. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to happen right now. Well, i got to fix that then. But I want to tear it down. Here, what if I put it right here? Is that going to be in your face? Oh, that makes it look cool. Yeah. I just wanted to do damage to them because, you know, they're like, they're messing us up. But the, I wish that you could do it with your hands. You know, you, you need a blade or it just keeps going forever and ever. But I guess that's kind of true to life. Jesus is the sword. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, so we have these assumptions that we're dealing with. We need to name them. We need to look at them. We have the power to see them and look them right in the face and say, yeah, that's what you are. That, that, that's, that's what you assume. Oh, I've been skipping over that crack. That's not who I want to be. Let me turn back. This is what I've been thinking that this is just something that I don't have to deal with. But no, it actually is, and I need, to, I need to reorient myself. I'm reorienting myself to Jesus. This is what repentance is, is this turning. Repent means to turn. You've got to keep turning. You know, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to do that same old thing, but I have to turn again. Oh, I'm going to go back and do that same old thing. Got to turn again. Oh, I'm going to go back to the same old thinking. I'm going to think that's the way it is. There's no other way. Got to turn back. I'm going to forget. Got to turn back. And you might think, oh, I got to get good at knowing. I got to, I got to not forget the, all the little details. And I got to pay attention to everything. And I got to get it right, 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 right. But actually, what we have to get good at is just turning. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Christianity. That's following Jesus is turning. He says, repent. Turn back. How happy is Jesus all the time when people turn back? He tells all these stories about people coming back. Right? People getting reconnected, people returning. Not, he wishes you didn't have to go through that, you know, all the pain of, of you know, getting down in the, in the, in the mess of, of all your assumptions, but uh, he loves it when you come back. And that's what we're trying to do in Circle of Hope. Jesus is our agenda, our agenda and we want to choose Jesus daily, which means repenting daily. We need to keep turning back. It's the turning that we want to get good at. You know, some of these assumptions are so big that they might be like these giant gears that are all rusted out, and you're going to have to bang on them for a while until you can actually turn. 
but that's the work. Uh, and Rick Moranis is the saint of another assumption um, because he did that thing that we all kind of admire. But wait, what? But is it is it the only thing? Is family the only thing? Is family the 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 the, the most noble thing that we can do? Um, I think that's that's kind of a story that we get. And you probably have a version of it that's very particular to your particular life, but it's a general story that we have about what it means to be, uh, I don't know, a good man or a good woman involves uh, this kind of sacrificial love for, for our children. Um, and even just how families work and how much power they have in our lives. So things Jesus never said, you have to do what's best for your family. You have to. There's no other option. It's just an assumption. It's not even, it's not, it's just, it's just that it's unquestionable. Not that you shouldn't do what's best for your family. Um, but, but it's, but it's kind of this, like the thing you would hang on your wall, family first. You know, that's, a, that's a, uh, I think that's an alternative wisdom. That, that might be a conventional wisdom, but it's not Jesus's wisdom. Because Jesus said other things. So I think we need to, we kind of get a story, and you, you're already having associations about what this means right now. You know, you're thinking about something. And uh, I don't know what it is, but I think that most likely you're going to need to turn away from that towards Jesus. Um, and not like you have to leave that behind, but Jesus, it's, it's not family first, it's Jesus first. And Jesus makes this really clear. Let's look at Matthew 10 where he's making it super clear. Uh, will someone read that out loud for us? This is the stuff that Jesus actually said. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Give me a sword. Keep going. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or, if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Dang, Jesus! That is definitely not family first, and how am I supposed to do that? Uh, some people heard this like in like in real time back in the first century, and they're like, Mm-mm, "Nope, I'm not following that guy anymore." And and some of you might be thinking that that too, like, "Oh, this is the part we're gonna ignore. Can we skip over that part? Can that be in? Can that be in the crack? Can we can we just hop over that? What do we do with this? This is this is pretty harsh. This sounds like the beginning of a good cult. Oh, you had to take it there. Well, I'm trying to follow Jesus. Y'all can come or not, okay? Let me let me let me think about what this actually means. Um, because yeah, it, it's it's weird, um, and and it doesn't fit. You know, it does it does kind of go so much against conventional wisdom. You know, it just does not compute. It doesn't even compute in the church because the church has been kind of uh, maybe co-opted by this kind of nuclear family dream in America. And so family values is synonymous with Christian. And 
Not that they, like, again, not that they are opposed, but they are not the same thing. You know, that's the problem. It's not, to, to love your children is not to love Jesus or to love your family, to do, to, to, to please your parents is not to follow Jesus. So this is a real opportunity to repent. We must reorient ourselves to this somehow. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it, but that's what I'm working on, okay? I, w- I want to try. It's not, again, it's not family last, but it is Jesus first. Jesus reorients us and calls all of our assumptions into question. Even this one of like, my family is super important. Uh, or the most important thing. No, your family is still super important. Don't let me say that. Your family is not the most important thing. Jesus wants to be the most important thing in your life. And the counterintuitive thing is that if he is, you're going to find your life. How is that possible? It doesn't, from the outside, looking in, it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to just jump right to that. But getting into it, getting into the feel of it, I think it starts, I think we can unpack all of the the family first issues here. Um, But I want to talk about one in particular, kind of this this idea of parental love. Um, I I think we, we have time to unpack that. We know, everyone here, we know that parents' love is, a parent's love is not enough love for a child. But it's very easy to default to believing, or at least acting like it is, like it must be. Either that my parents must somehow finally satisfy my need for love, uh, or that I as a parent, I'm a parent and there's some other parents in the room, uh, I must satisfy my, my children's need for love. Or maybe, you know, you're, that, that the, the, your chosen family, the people that you love now, are going to be able to satisfy your need for love. It's that love could be satisfied by anything but Jesus. But going back to parental love, I know that parents' love is not enough because I have parents. And y'all, everyone here, also knows that a parent's love is not enough because you also have parents. And, you know, we all have different experiences of being disappointed by our parents' capacity to love us, some more than others. Uh, And some of us didn't even have an opportunity to really know our parents, so that makes this even harder. Um, But, you know, I have great parents. A lot of you know them. But they totally disappointed me. And and they still do. You know? Uh, And so... I'm hoping that, that, you know, this is kind of an aside, but I'm hoping that as you, you get more and more satisfied by Jesus' love, as this weird thing that he said starts to feel more true to you, that you'll actually find enough space in you to, to see the greatness of your parents for what they had to give you. I think, I think that that compassion can come with a relationship with Jesus, and that could be one of the benefits of the life that you find on the other side of uh, the kind of demand that that gets us all tied up in these webs and gets us lost in these assumptions uh, and has us feeling like the love really ought to be enough, that our parents really ought to have done a better job or that I ought ought to do a better job right now. Uh, It's not because our parents are bad or because our need is too great. It's because our hearts were made for a greater love, one that a person can't give. Or only one person gave, and his name's Jesus. So, going back to that sense of kind of universal disappointment, (laughs) just be right there for a second. 
um, you know, out of that, out of that depth springs this powerful demand to be better, do more, mess up less, and overcome all of your shortcomings uh, the, from your upbringing. Love, like like everything else, you know, it has to be up and to the right. You know, it's got to get better. I got to do it better. I know I can. We don't believe this. This is kind of ridiculous, right? But I think we believe this. <laughs> I think it's it's down there in the crack in the Assumption Canyon. I think this is how we think about it all the time. Damn it. Literally, damn that. Destroy that, please, Lord. We don't believe this, but we act like we do. And I think it might have something to do with the fact that the, the, the child... The love for a child, it's such a powerful force. We're all supposed to want it and, and to do it so well. You know, the expectations are go to school, get good grades, get into a good college, get a good career so you can provide for a family and at the same time also find a spouse with which you want to make children and you want to, and marry them and, and have the, the whole cultural narrative is organized around creating that ideal family, mom, dad, 2.5 kids. And many of us want this, and some of us don't, and that's fine. Uh, but it kind of makes you, there's this feeling of getting left out uh, if you're not fitting with, the, with that dominant narrative. And especially if, if you want it, but you haven't been able to find it, or you wanted it and you thought you found it, but everything fell apart. It didn't work out how you planned. Oh, man. If that's all your fault, it's just such a heavy burden. Rachel Sensenig in the house. We have to lose that life, this life, that, that, the, some of, a lot of those assumptions. We have to lose that life to find ourselves in Christ. And it's easier if we, we lose it before everything falls apart, but things falling apart is a really good opportunity to find Jesus. Um, so I hope that if you're in that moment, you know, know that he's there with you in the mess. Again, it doesn't make a ton of sense in a conventional way, but letting go, like, like Allie was having us do earlier, letting go, opening up our hands, we actually find more. Like, not striving results in getting more. <laughs> the input, the effort input put it in does not create what I want. And lack of effort... <laughs> Uh, surrendering to receiving as opposed to getting actually gets us what we want. I don't know. It's like jujitsu or something. Uh, I haven't totally figured out. I wish, actually, no, I wish it was jujitsu. Because then, like, I could take the class, you know, and put in the sweat and just get it done. And the spiritual life isn't like that. Although, putting in some sweat, you know, uh, working your spiritual disciplines, flexing your spiritual muscles might actually get you somewhere, but it's not so direct, you know. It's not it's not up and to the right, you know. There's another meme where it's like this is how it's supposed to look, but it actually looks like it's a, a line, and then it's like all gobbledygook, and then you get somewhere. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that's that's on the internet. Um. So again, it's it, it the conventional wisdom is family first. Uh, you got to do what's best. It's like this un unquestionable assumption about how, how I'm supposed to make my decisions and, 
And what's noble? You know, Rick Moranis did the right thing. Everyone agrees. And maybe he did. That's fine. But it's not like the best thing he could have done. The best thing he could have done was follow Jesus. <laughs> At least that's what Jesus says. You know? And this isn't just an abstract thing for Jesus either. He doesn't just like make this nice speech. He actually does this in his own family. Check, someone else read this one. As Jesus is speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stand outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father and heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Nice. Yo, two hot takes from this real quick. In Luke, it actually says, because they thought he was crazy. You know, they were trying to bring him in because he's out of his mind. And then also, I love how he looks around at his disciples and their sisters and mothers there. That's pretty cool. Um, that wasn't in the script, though. I just saw that for the first time right now. Um, oh, but again, dang, Jesus. <laughs> this again? Uh, how are how, how you going to say that about your mom? Come on. would never say that about my mom. I did just say I was disappointed in her, though. So maybe I'm getting a little Jesus-y. This, this is pretty sorty, too, right? This cuts stuff up. Uh, this, like, cuts up his own family. You know, this might cut Mary right to the heart, you know? But Mary seemed to get it. You know, she was there with him at the cross. Even his brother seemed to get it. James... Uh, the brother of Jesus is the one we say wrote the wrote that book in the Bible. Um, they 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 took the freedom from the from the other script, even 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 more life on the other side of it. You know, they 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 might have felt stuck in in the way things were too, and, and they they say, oh, well, maybe maybe this is the best way if Jesus is saying it. I think that's kind of how where we have to start because this is so messed up according to conventional wisdom. You know, this doesn't make sense uh, to do this stuff, to, to believe this. You don't feel it. You know, your love for your, your darling baby, for those of the, you that know this experience, it's like, it's unquestionable. Like, there's no, you have to do all the things. Um, but how and, and, and why and what for starts to get complicated. Jesus is just complicating this. Jesus expands the meaning of family here. You know, he wants us to have that, like, darling child experience with more than just our blood person. He reorients us to a bigger family in which we're all his brothers and sisters. At least all of us who do the will of the Father in heaven. We say in Circle of Hope that Jesus gives us a new chance at family. He gathers us around a parent whose love has no limits. And, and gives us the, the work of being a family full of people committed to loving in that bigger way. That, that way that, that takes the little baby love and, and spreads it out all over the whole world. Because that's, that's what God did as a baby. That's, that's what we want to do with our babies too. How? You know, that's hard. Like most of Jesus' wisdom, uh, this is not something that, that's like easy to understand in a kind of logical way. But that feeling that we're working with isn't logical either. All that stuff that's down in the crack... The, 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 the canyon of assumptions in front of 1234 your brain street, that is 
also this kind of gut level stuff. And we, we're going to reorient that. We're going to get that to turn. We're going to have to do a lot of repenting. We're going to have to do a lot of reorienting. We're going to have to say, oh, n- n- y- no. Okay, yeah. That's how it's going to be. You know, that's how it's going to be. And, and you're going to have to do that, you know, a, a million times a day. Uh, I think we have to get into it on a different level, though, to get it best. It's something that it's better felt. You, you can't always just talk yourself into it. When you're kind of like in the, that moment of vacillation, you need somebody else to kind of, no, we're going this way. You know, we, we need a culture that kind of is pushing us because this is so hard to do on our own. This, if this project of like unveiling all of our assumptions is just a, a Herculean spiritual effort done by individuals who are as saintly as Rick Moranis uh, because we did the right thing, you know, if that's what it becomes, you know, then we're just back into having a life. It's just a different kind of life, but now it's ours, but it's ours, you know, we're doing it instead of losing it to have it. That doesn't, that, that doesn't make any sense. I, I, when, it, when I'm saying it, it doesn't make any sense. But when I'm doing it, when the, when, when the flow of this community is doing it together, oh, it feels good. It feels right. And we were, we, were, we were doing that yesterday at the Village Parenting Day. It felt right. I tried to make little constellations of people that were uh, th- this, this expanded sense of family happening. Of course, this one's happening. Look at, look at all our children and, and their parents. And, and these siblings right here, uh, Aaliyah's like 13 years old or something. And she, she's, she's uh, I'm, that, that, that person's actually related to me by blood. Um, and then there's uh, Lily and Abigail and, and their mom. And uh, parents of, three parents of two children. Uh, and then... A mom and, and her kids with a pie dish. That's who won the pie competition, by the way. Have you heard about the pie competition? It was Abigail and Aaliyah and their, and their crew that, that made it. Corey came in second. Um, don't feel bad if you couldn't be there at, at this event because what we were celebrating at Village Parenting Day was the environment that we're creating right now and that you're maintaining and making right now. It's happening. Like that feeling that I'm saying I want to like kind of lock into, it's here because Jesus is here and, and, and we're, we're focusing on what Jesus is doing and the love of Christ like bouncing through all of these hearts here. That's what I want my children to, to live in. That's what I want everybody else's children to live in. And, and if I'm saying everybody else's children, I'm saying everybody because everybody's a child. <laughs> everyone, everyone has that universal experience of disappointment with their parents, and everyone has this universal need to be satisfied by the love of the only parent who has enough. And that parent lives among us in Jesus Christ. This is the best place for me to be. I think this is the best place for you to be. It's the best place for these kids to be. It's the best place for all the kids that are walking down the street to be. Everyone going underneath us on the subway needs to get off at Snyder and be in this love because that's what they need to feel. So I hope that you're, you're feeling something about it right now, even as we were singing The Cure earlier and, and, and tearing down these, uh, these, these webs and, and, and letting them go and opening our hands as Allie was having us do. I hope that you're feeling something like that that maybe it's getting in. Um, and if it's not, I'm praying that, that you will soon. Uh, because, yeah, you got to feel it. 
and 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 Jesus Jesus wants you to. So let me pray to that end, and then you can talk back. Jesus, yes, yes, yes to your way, yes to even the sword that you bring. Help us to feel our way into knowing that's true and knowing how to live in order to demonstrate it or maybe just how to continue to choose it with our whole hearts uh, and not some, I don't know, compunction that, that isn't productive for your project in us. Bless us. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.